Since 2012, American Field has been the go-to resource for brands big and small to connect with consumers across the country. In 2020, we took to the airwaves, connecting you to makers and doers from wherever you're listening. I'm Lucas Fitz from Small Hand, inviting you to join me in learning the stories behind my favorite brands in the AF network, from the mouths of bright entrepreneurs from coast to coast. Welcome to AF Fireside. Hey there, welcome back to AF Fireside. Uh, I'm sure you know this already, but we're continuing our trend of talking to brands that popped up with us at the Austin event we had in May, the Hill Country Hoedown. I'm joined today uh, by Guy. Guy is our representative from Wild Rose, Texas, uh, a really awesome brand that does a pretty uh, pretty unique thing given uh, brands we usually talk to on the podcast here. Guy, welcome to Fireside. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. So give me, uh, give me the crash course on Wild Rose. What exactly is the brand? So Wild Rose is a, um, it's a brand that we, we breed and train British Labradors is, 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 at our core. We, we, we got started um, training dogs for people that wanted a family dog that was going to go hunt and go do outdoor activities. Um, that kind of grew into, we found these British labs and, and they really fit the bill. And so then we started um, breeding and producing as well as training. And, and that's kind of, that's the core of it. There's a lot of other things we do, but that's the, the main core. Very cool. So what is your role in the organization? So I, I own and founded uh, Wild Rose, Texas. Okay, yep. cool. So, yep. so I, I opened it in 2017, um, been running it and carrying, wearing all the hats ever since. Very <laughs> cool. So you say Wild Rose, Texas. Are there other Wild Roses? There are. So there's three, uh, no, I'm sorry. There's four full-scale facilities um, at Wild Rose now. So Mike Stewart, um, it's been, like I said, Wild Rose itself brand has, uh, has been a kennel since uh, 1972. Okay. Um, Mike Stewart purchased it and moved it to Oxford, Mississippi in 97, I believe. Um, okay. And it has been operating there um, up until, and that was the only facility up until 2017 when I opened the one in Dallas. We, we had an opportunity to, uh, we gained access to the Dallas Hunting and Fishing Club, which is the oldest duck hunting club still active west, west of the Mississippi River. Um, so they, they set us up a facility. We got going and opened up Wild Rose, Texas, which was the first, um, like I said, the first full-scale facility outside of Oxford where we trained, bred, board, boarded, did workshops, seminars, um, you know, all the stuff that Wild Rose does. Um, right after that, North Carolina came on board. Um, and then the, just this year, we opened Wild Rose Midwest up, up in Kohler, Wisconsin. Wow. Um, so there's now four full-scale full facilities wow. going. All over the place. Very Absolutely. Cool. Well, so, you know, it's hard. The dog, dog business is kind of it, – it's one of those interesting things where success, you know, is a good thing. But then at some point, um, you know, you can't just have dogs running everywhere. You start, start getting yeah. sloppy. And so we've, yeah. we've had – now we've had these regional sites come up where we can be closer to the clientele um, and we can, you know, keep a nice uh, normal number of dogs at each site and all that kind of good stuff. Totally. Yeah. I have a, a lot of questions about the specific niche that you kind of exist in, but um, the one thing you immediately bring up that I'm thinking about is that the, like the critical mass when it comes to your product is very different than it is if you're selling hot sauce or candles. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. What are, can you identify, I mean, there are, I'm sure there are obvious ones because they're living, breathing animals, but what, what are some of the specific challenges that you deal with that maybe other entrepreneurs wouldn't even have on their radar? Um, well, 
you know, it's it's kind of it's one of those things where the there is no off days for dogs. I've got just yeah. oh, there dogs. you go. Petting, petting <laughs> nice. One of my girls right here. Um, you know, they're they've got to be fed, watered, and and aired out every day, right? So it, yeah. there is no there is no Labor Day holiday, Memorial Day holiday. Somebody's working and tending to the dogs. Um, so there is uh, that underlying, um, you know, there, there's underlying going to be work every day. Um, totally. no matter what, um, what, you know, it's something you love. So it's something you enjoy doing. It's not crunching numbers or something like that. Right. <laughs> not to say that there isn't that involved as yeah. well. I guess oh, you must have to, that's, I was, I was joking with our, the, with Mike the other day. I was like, you know, I left the finance world to get off the phone and off the computer. And now after five, five long years of hard work training dogs, we've, we've gotten successful enough that now I'm back in the freaking computer yeah. crunching yeah. numbers and answering phone calls right. and we got people training and doing stuff I'm like this wasn't my plan <laughs> yeah so so that's really interesting to hear you're from a finance background yeah what uh so I, gra- I graduated i went to uh I, I, I played football at rice university uh four years and got a degree in economics and then went to work for merrill lynch out of out of college okay. and then left there and started the kennel wow so walk me through um the anecdote of how you made the decision to leave that life uh to live of a, a very different one that i'm sure is fulfilling in in very um, different ways well the biggest secret to all of the biggest trick to all of it probably was that my with my uh my wife was um 24 hours out from delivering our first child when i popped the question of uh okay. opening a dog kennel and okay. she had enough drugs in her she said yes and we jumped to it <laughs> wow. Well, it's not harder than that, I guess. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, um, no, you know, I grew up, I grew up with, uh, you know, a lot of farm animals and, and dogs. And my, my dad was a banker, but we had, we always had dogs. We were training. We always, we were always doing it. Um, just yeah. not professionally. And, uh, so it, I, I had a decent idea of what was going on and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, hadn't really thought of the opportunity to make it a, into a career until wild rose popped up and it was it was something that kelsey and i my wife had talked about as like a retirement thing um and it just was hmm. one of those where it was all lining up it was like why do we have to wait till retirement let's just yeah. do it now we kind of we did the 2020 thing in 2017 okay <laughs> the right. great resignation for us happened in 2017 <laughs> yeah you're you're ahead of the curve then you are uh you've got a level of wisdom that the rest of us don't have <laughs> That did the exodus. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you this: do, do you identify as an entrepreneur? Uh yeah. Yeah. What yeah. What does that mean yeah. to you specifically? Was that like something that you had in you before this um, endeavor? So I would probably before this endeavor, I would have called. Uh, you know, my dad was always an. I say he was. He was in banking for a long time, but then he was really an entrepreneur after that. Um, and I, you know, I would have said an entrepreneur, somebody that, that owns businesses, starts businesses and, 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 uh, you know, does things like that, I guess I, I would say now an entrepreneur, I would really classify as entrepreneur as somebody that goes and makes work for themselves and figures out a way to make money doing it. You know, that that's, I, I would say it's a, I, now I would, I would adjust it to more of like, my dad's an investor and sure. an entrepreneur is somebody that that is just looks for work, finds it, you know, goes out and and uh, and finds work to make to uh, to make money and and, yeah. and does it. They're not necessarily uh, waiting on somebody telling what to do. Exactly. There's a lifestyle that goes along with that that's a little bit different than 
investor, business person, whatever. I come up with more work for myself every day and I've gotten better about telling myself no, but I'm really good at coming up with stuff for me to do. (laughs) (laughs) How did you, uh, how did you develop the ability to have a little discretion there? That's a a tough one that I and a lot of other people kind of in entrepreneurial roles struggle with. Um, I wouldn't say I've, I wouldn't say I've accomplished it. I'd say that I purely just by limit of hours of the day have, sure. have learned that ran out of time. I wouldn't say it's been. Okay. All right. I've, I've got three, I've got three boys. I've got three boys, um, okay. five, three, and now four weeks old. And so, you wow. know, there, that helps, yeah. I guess, in um, in life. the sense yeah. of, okay, am I, am I going to do this other job or am I going to hang out with kids? So it's not right. necessarily that I'm doing less, but I'm more willing to focus on, them as opposed to do some come up with some yeah. you know it, 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 it's a lot of fun with the kennel we've come up with you know we did uh co- we've done some coaching some summer coaching plans or summer uh gun dog groups and like cool. all these different things for people to get more involved with their dogs and come train with us and learn and do stuff and, and those are all great and good um but you know there's 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 as we're maturing it's becoming more of a thing of okay don't do that or don't hang up with the kid or this yeah. or that or whatever yeah I would, I would assume, and, and I might be ignorant here, but I would assume the subject matter that you're around dogs all the time, that must help with the separation a little bit. I know like when, when I'm with my dog, that's like everything, everything else shuts off when I'm with my yep. dog. Um, yep. So to be able to have that kind of comfort around you again, like if you were in a warehouse full of candles, that wouldn't be there. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very cool. So um, you said, uh, obviously, you you did the 2020 thing before 2020, which means you were in place when the pandemic hit. Um, Now, I know how hard it was for me to get my dog during the pandemic, but I can only imagine what your life has looked like for the past couple of years. What were some of the challenges that you had to overcome, uh, given the just the state of the world? Well, so it was, uh, it was an interesting thing. one, it was the first time I had to go at that point. We had, I think I had five employees at that point. Um, when the stay at home order hit, mm-hmm. um, now because we were a pet industry and dogs have to be fed every day, they, they allowed us to stay open for, for yeah. like we were allowed to keep feeding dogs. Um, the, uh, and so, you know, so for the training, the training dogs pretty much stayed. We saw a lot of people once they were home or maybe or didn't have their jobs, they were wanting to have their dog back at home with them instead of paying to get it trained. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest kind of gut blow was, you know, whatever that was like March 16th, we had like, uh, we had, we had our, our boarding kennels were full. So we had 65 dogs in the kennel. Wow. Um, and, and we had them and we had basically every spot booked for the rest of March. And by uh, March 22nd or whatever it was, we had three dogs in the kennel, um, three client dogs in the kennel. And so it was just a, you know, that was a, seeing that exodus was pretty scary. And, and, uh, you know, I went to the guys like, all right, here's our game plan. Nobody's losing their job. We've got, we've got six months to figure this out. You know, we're, we're not, don't, don't start jumping ship. We're going to figure this out. But Mm -hmm. this is laid out a plan to them um, of how we would get through it or weather the storm. Um, but you know, on the flip side, like I said, we still had training. Like we've, we've kind of, we've got, and we've got other things we do, but we've got a three main things with boarding with training. And then we also breed and sell puppies. And that was mm-hmm. the, the hard part for us, um, is we stay about, um, six to eight months out on our wait list for puppies. Sure. 
Um, and, and so with the, with the COVID pandemic, of course, all the shelters emptied out, everybody wanted a dog, right? Um, and I've never told more people, you know, talk about the, the, the different, different entrepreneurial spirits for us, um, you know, and it's, it's like this for, for plenty of products, I guess, but not, not necessarily selling hot sauce. You know, you sell hot sauce right. to anybody, they'll buy it. Um, yeah. you're not going to sell a puppy to anybody that'll buy it. Um, and we yeah. told more people, no, I mean, is I couldn't, I, I couldn't, you know, I was fielding, we went from, you know, say 10 calls a day to a hundred calls a day asking wow. about puppies and, and, wow. you know, like, and still, you know, 90 of them, I'm telling them no. Um, and so it was, it was an interesting thing because it was, it was relaxing in the sense that I knew there was, you know, and to some extent there was demand out there for us. So sure. it wasn't, yeah. it, I was being picky about the demand still, but at least I could be picky about that demand. Um, right. And so it was, uh, it was interesting to, to kind of be a part of that and see, and see that. Um, but, you know, we, we limped along, made it through it and, um, you know, really kind of fall of last year, the boarding started picking up and we're, yeah. we're back to being full with boarding and training mm-hmm. and breeding stay pretty steady. So. Yeah, I'm sure that the movement um, to people you know, having more time to be able to go outdoors and uh, spend more time in nature, did, did that, do you feel like that had an effect on different aspects of your business? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I've seen, the, I think the market has, has grown for that a, a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, it, it's just, it's one of those interesting, it, it is one of those interesting things you talked about, though, with it's just not, it's not the difference is, is it's not as easy as just opening up another warehouse and hiring 10 more employees and producing more widgets. Um, there's a whole genetic component and and breeding component to dogs. You, you can't just fast track that. Um, so it's, it was an interesting thing that it was, it was a good kind of upswell feel, you know, feeling to, to know that, you know, that it was the demand was there, but it didn't give, it didn't change our production process. So we didn't necessarily, didn't change any of our capitalization on it. It just gave us the the confidence that okay, we're you know people are still going to want dogs even though they've got to stay home, which totally. makes sense. But when in the moment, March twenty twenty, you're like, are people going to yeah. quit buying dogs? Like, that's the first thing you always go to. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what anyone's going to do? Do you um, have any advice you could pass along to maybe future entrepreneurs that want to exist in the in the pet or or animal sphere? Um. You know, I don't uh, pet or animal spear s- specific. Um, it can be general as well. It could be general. Yeah, I, I would say. In, I would that. say in general. I would say in general, it, it goes back to um, you know, it, it to to be successful as an entrepreneur. Um, really, to start out with is to is to go find work. Just be willing yeah. to find work and do things. Um, and and don't and and that doesn't mean you have to. Uh, I mean, you have to, I don't want to use, that's a better way to say that. You don't have to, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to lose money to get started. You don't have to do things for free. Like you can make money doing things, but go find work and offer to do things. Um, And then I think the biggest problem that any, the the second thing is, and it's the thing I struggle with, and I think it's the thing that a a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, what gets them into it, but it's also what gets them out of it is, success is not the next new idea success is repeatedly doing something over and over consistency and, and repetition right um or, or the next stage not necessarily bouncing around i see i've got a couple of buddies that um or i mean i think they're smarter than me but they they like to change they, they can do things for something for about a year and then they've got a new new idea and it's sure. kind of like 
you know, nothing ever gets a chance to get to maturity. I mean, it took us, right. you know, COVID was mixed in there and, and we certainly, um, I can't poor mouth this and say we haven't been successful, but at the same time, um, the way we look in year five is completely different than the way we looked in year one and year two. Yeah. Um, and that's just a matter, it's just a matter of age. It's not really anything else, um, other than just maturity and, and, and that, that kind of wheel, that wheel growing. Totally. Yeah. I think that that, uh, that kind of lifestyle is the way that some people are. I mean, I've gone through phases where I'm yeah. like that, but um, like you said, brands, businesses, building a business has its own cycle. The consistency and continuing to, um, you know, follow through with repetition and consistency. Um, it's really easy to chase rabbits and squirrels and, and new ideas. Um, I can't remember exactly how Jim Collins put it in, in one of his, I think, stay in grade or one of his books. They talked about the flywheels and, and, and you, mm -hmm. You know, you've got to have your flywheel and you can add things to your flywheel, but you can't constantly be building new flywheels and, yeah. and, and trying to get them all spinning. You're, you're, if you want to add something to your business that enhances your core business, great. And, and you see new things like for sure, invent, get better, improve. Um, but it always goes back to your why. And, you know, we, we exist. Why we exist is is to 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 help people be successful with their dogs in the home and field. Um, and so if it doesn't go back to that core, then it's not really, it's, it's not something we should necessarily be doing. It's, it's a distraction. Um, it's kind of the way we look at it. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you kind of have a different way of echoing a sentiment that, uh, all of the wisest friends I've had on here have said in one way or another, you got to know who you are and you got to base your decisions based around that. Yep. Love it, man. Well, where can, uh, where can folks follow up, learn more, um, about what you do and, and stay in touch to see how the brand grows as the years go on? Yeah. Um, so uklabs.com is the, is the main website that's going to take you to Mississippi, Texas, North Carolina, uh, Midwest. There will also be a journal sign up. We send out a training journal every other month. Uh, it's totally free. Um, we've got actually got about 23,000 subscribers on it right now. So, um, you know, a lot of people enjoy it, follow along with training and, and, and that's kind of a good way. We're also on all the major, I say major, I don't know, we're on Instagram and Facebook. I think there's yeah, other ones now, the, but that's them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wild Rose Kennels, Wild Rose, Texas. Um, the whole family of brands can be found there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of awesome. The main well, stuff. I'm, I'm going to hang this up and go sign up for that newsletter. That's, awesome. That's my next move. I, I have a lot to learn. <laughs> Heck to yeah, learn. That's great. I'm Lucas Fitz, and this is AF Fireside. To learn more about all the brands featured on the podcast, check out fireside.shopaf.co and don't forget to subscribe to us on your streaming platform of choice. Thanks for listening.